as people who consume these shows and show up and have fun, we're not really privy to like the um, an, an amazing amount of work that goes into these things actually happening, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel bad sometimes because fans can feel a little cheated by an artist or cheated by, you know, and they're not realizing like, this is days and days and days of work with multiple moving parts, right? Um, with all those moving parts, communication breakdowns happen, budgeting errors happen, all kinds of, you know, issues can happen that either like cost a ton of time or cost a ton of extra money. This product basically is there to solve and automate some of those processes, if not all of them. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ship It and Sip It. I'm excited to bring you another founder interview this week. And this time I'm sitting down with Ashanti Abdullah. He's the founder and CEO of Turnwheel, which is a SaaS app that helps uh, folks manage uh, concerts and music tours more effectively. There's nothing more exciting than going to see your favorite band play. And today I'm excited to dive into a little bit of the behind the scenes process that makes those great shows and concerts come to life with Ashanti. He's been working in this space for a while and we're going to get into his background uh, in the music industry, his path to building Turnwheel, how he validated the idea. Uh, the challenges that came with building it and uh, his go-to-market strategy. The product's been out uh, for the last couple of weeks, so it's fresh, it's new. I wanted to get Ashanti in the studio to capture this moment and get his uh, perspective on what it feels like to have his app just out in the wild and what he plans to do to make it a success in the music industry. I'm really excited for this show, and I'm sure you're going to love it too. As always, Ship It and Sip It is made possible by the team here at Parallect. If you have an idea you want to bring to life as a product, feel free to reach out to us. Check out Parallect.com to find out what we do with founders like Ashanti and others all around the world, and have a conversation with us about what we can do to bring your idea to life. With that out of the way, let's dive into this show with Ashanti Abdullah. Ashanti, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today about Turnwheel. Uh, you launched just a couple weeks ago. How does it feel? Um, it, it's been a whirlwind, to be honest with you. It's <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, I thought it was like a lot of no sleep prior to launch, and now it's even more no sleep. So, <laughs> but it's been amazing, truthfully. Awesome. Well, today in the show, I want to talk about your background in the music industry. You're the first guest I've had in this space, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, a lot of our listeners, I assume, love music and live shows, and I want to use this time to give them a sort of look into behind the scenes Absolutely. and what it takes to make all those things happen. All right, let's dive into your background in the music industry a little bit. It seems like back in the day you were working in music and events, and you still do. Mm -hmm. uh, but where did you sort of notice the need for better tools, better products, better software in this space? Yeah, so like before I was with the label, um, which is they're like an indie heavyweight label. They're, they're like the one for indie rap music. Um, and they were distributed through Warner Brothers and still are. Um, so, you know, I went from like managing on my own and like just kind of creating my own processes to managing with them. And 
in the mix of kind of how I did things and how they did things mixed in and kind of made my own way to do things within that world. And pretty, pretty quickly, like probably around 2012 is when I was like, there's gotta be a way, better way to do this. <laughs> like, um, it, it was, it's still very archaic even to this day, believe it or not. Like you would imagine on these massive large tours that there would be like a bunch of software they're using. Not really. I mean, they use like Google Sheets, you know? So it's like, it's it's kind of insane. Um, but yeah, probably around that time is when I realized that this had to happen. Um, and luckily a lot of other tech kind of caught up to like my thought process uh, and here we are today. Cool, cool. Uh, that was back in, in Minneapolis, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, eventually you moved out to San Francisco. Was that like to get closer to the startup scene or was that Yeah, just I mean, it, it was a mixture of winter? things. Yeah, yeah, so it was a kind of a mixture of things. I mean, I always wanted to do this idea and it made more sense to be in San Francisco to be able to, to do the idea. I also had a massive allure to San Francisco in general. Um, you know, San Francisco has been on a gold rush multiple times over multiple, <laughs> multiple generations, right? Um, it was very intimidating for me, obviously, coming from being in the music industry and knowing absolutely nothing about tech. So you're like, I have this idea. I don't really know much about tech and I'm from music. How do I integrate? Um, so it took me quite a time, quite, quite a while um, to kind of connect with the community out here um, as far as uh, the tech side goes. Um, it was pretty easy to connect with the music community because I'd already been connected with them. That was yeah, kind of yeah. done. Um, but kind of mixing those pieces together, it took me a little bit to maneuver in between the two worlds and kind of bring them together. But yes, uh, to answer your question a little bit more directly, um, there, if there's any place that this was going to get built, it would it would be, you know, San Francisco would be where I need to be. Really cool. And I guess uh, when you were, after a couple of years there, you also founded your own indie music management label, not label. Uh, indie music musician <laughs> management company, yeah. uh, San Francisco Supply. I listened to a couple of the artists yesterday yeah. while I was making this. It's really cool. Uh, but you launched it like right at the start of the pandemic. Yeah. So, well, so, so that's also another happy accident, right? Like um, I was do so I'm a serial like uh, brand builder. Like that's what I do. And I got completely okay. sidetracked like working with a wonderful company out here called Four Point Beer Company and, and kind of helping them grow their grow their business kind of from the beginning all the way up to where they are today. They're pretty much a heavyweight in the industry here. And I got completely sidetracked doing that and no, no guff to them. It was actually an amazing experience and super fun. Um, and then um, as the pandemic started, uh, an artist that I used to manage at the label reached out to me and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I, I, I need another manager. I need help. And I, I said no to him multiple times. <laughs> and then eventually, uh, not necessarily no, I just, you know, I wasn't, my mind wasn't in the music anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually it just made sense to like help him out. And then that spawned the whole idea of, you know what, you've been a manager for most of your career. Like this is what you do. This is what you're good at. Um, and so that it, it just happened to time work out around that same that, that same time. But obviously, as things slowed down um, with with the market, um, my brain started ting or like, you know, poking around again around. All right. So how are we actually going to do this? How are we going to make this thing work? So, yeah, it definitely 
I mean, I think everyone kind of took stock of what they were up to. And I felt like my dream was a dream deferred and I needed to get back to it. So right on. And I guess, uh, from sort of launching San Francisco supply, mm -hmm. uh, and now you're launching a tech company, were there any carryover lessons there? Yeah. I mean, I, so those, those lessons are like, they're built into the way that I did business for years prior to, and then, you know, I just carried that way of doing business into the management company. Um, and that really informed what this product is, um, a mixture, mainly that, and then a mixture of speaking with a ton of cross-functional people that I used to work with, all, you know, day to day agents, artists, managers, tour managers, you know, really kind of, is this still the way you guys are doing it? Is this still yeah. the way it's done, you know, to kind of um, get a good, good feel for it and really start to build out um, what this product uh, eventually is, is now and is going to be. Yeah, well, you mentioned there like all the different stakeholders that are involved in this in, in any live show or a live tour. Mm -hmm. uh, can you sort of, I guess, explain what who Turnwheel is for first and foremost, and yeah. what specific problems it solves? Yeah, so Turnwheel is manager first. Um, it's manager first, really, and then it and then it's really used on the road by tour managers. Um, those two stakeholders are the most important because it's really scheduling and it's the budgeting side of things, which are the most two most important things <laughs> when you're on the road. Just to give you a little background, too, I think like, you know, as as people who consume these shows and show up and have fun, we're not always we're not really privy to like the um, an, an amazing amount of work that goes into these things actually happening. Right. Um, and I feel bad sometimes because fans can feel a little cheated by an artist or cheated by, you know, and they're not realizing like this is days and days and days of work with multiple moving parts. Right. Um, with all those moving parts, communication breakdowns happen, um, budgeting errors happen, all kinds of, you know, issues can happen that either like cost a ton of time or cost a ton of extra money. Um, and so this product basically, is there to solve and automate some of those processes, if not all of them. Um, I'm sorry, remind me of your full question again. I think I forgot some of it. <laughs> uh, just in terms of all the all the groups involved in making the a live show. Yeah, the stakeholders. And I, yeah, from the outside looking in, you know, concerts look like a party every night on the road. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not, it doesn't seem like an environment where like budget feels that important but i guess it is <laughs> well this is the thing there's two sides to shows right there's the party that people come up to have and then there's what people think is a party on the other side that's not a party at all i mean this is a true business each tour yeah. itself um from the smallest to the biggest every time you're touring it's like a little mini uh business for that period of time right I mean, a lot of touring acts have separate entities, XYZ touring company, whatever it is, because, you know, as and you know, the, the industry really shifted, right? It, album sales used to be kind of a big part of the industry. Well, streaming is really it. And that's not a ton of income, right? For your average artist. Um, so the way that they really make money is by touring and from merchandise. That's that's where the real money is. Um, you know, artists can make from, you know, on, on a, you know, let's say a six week tour, they can make anywhere from you know, let's say 10 grand, uh, 
I don't know, if you're huge, you make $6 million, $5 million a show, right? So like budget's a real big part of it because you have artists that have one person on staff and you have artists that have 212 people on staff. I won't name specifically who that is, but I just went on their tour and was like, 212 people? Like you have to harangle and there's budgeting yeah. for that. It costs money every single night. Whether they're playing shows or not, once they're on the road, they have to pay people to be with mm -hmm. them. So these are all things that you have to take into account. And if you have, if you have a real clear understanding of your budget while you're on the road and you're not trying to do it nightly via books and things of that nature while it's actually happening and live, um, you have a good opportunity to affect how much money you're actually going to bring home at the end of the tour. But that's a big part of it. And then the scheduling side of it, when you've got 200 people running around, keeping communication is very hard. Um, and so having one, they literally pick up their phone and having one place where all this information lives, along with push notifications for things that change, uh, managing guest lists, managing all the facets and parts of it, um, you know, truly is a game changer when you think about it. Right on. Uh, let's go back to sort of the genesis of the idea then. Yeah. Uh, was there a moment um, when you realized what you wanted Turn Wheel to be? And was that the same time that you decided to sort of go all in and focus on it? No. Yes and no. <laughs> um, I look at, there's a spreadsheet that I have. Uh, that's the first ideas that were put to paper for Turn Wheel. And I look at that spreadsheet just about every six months and I laugh at how different <laughs> this has become. Some of the elements are, are still there. Um, but overall, as, as, as really digging into the tech and understanding what can be possible, a lot of, you know, the, the general idea was there, but we've really blown that out of the water and built something really cool. Um, so when I first laid that down, it's probably was two to two and a half to three years after that, when I actually started to go after this. Um, yeah, there's been some time in between. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a slow start, but we're here now. <laughs> yeah, well, let's dig into that um, shift and that trigger or what triggered you to go from, I have this idea to, I want to actually build this thing and make it real. I'm, you know, I'm going to be uh, really candid about this. Uh, being, being a black founder, it's, it's really hard to come across investment. Um, we still have some of those stops in this country. That's a real thing. It's just things I have to deal with. Right. Um, realistically, as I, as I really had the idea really starting to swirl around in my head, um, a really great friend of mine who I helped out years and years ago said, do you have that idea? I said, I have that idea. He said, here's your first, you know, investment. I'm going to be your lead guy. I'm, I'm going to, I believe in you go out there and make it happen. So really that was the catalyst for it. His name is Bob Gardner. Um, he's probably one of the most wonderful people I know. And he's a very close friend. I helped him really early on in his business and he's built it to a, you know, half a billion dollar business um, in the last 10 years or so. So wonderful guy. Yeah, that's huge. And I guess uh, a lot of lessons to draw from that, but you know, uh, yeah, absolutely help people out and you never know what, what they're going to do for you. You never know. You never know. I'm, I'm a firm believer though, that you can't, you can't help people with the expressed intent to get something back. You just have to help. It always comes back around. Right on. And so you've been working on it for a couple years. Uh, you said that there have been some starts and stops along the way. Uh, can you share some highlights from that timeline? Uh, 
good things, bad things, challenges that you overcame, and what sort of, I guess, made it uh, happen so quickly in the last couple months with us here at Parallax? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the biggest, so, you know, starting starting a company that you know that the plan is for it to be large, this isn't going to be a small business, right? It's a very different um, thought process. Um, some of the start, some of those stops were my internal strife with like <laughs> feeling like it was like too big for me. Um, and then realizing it's not, nothing's too big and like getting back to it. Um, and some of it was really like finding the right lawyers, finding the right to even form, forming the company correctly, um, where to incorporate, how to do all of those things, trademarks, you know, all it's learning things, you know, I've done business for a really long time, but not at this level. Right. So it was about really learning what that meant. So I had to kind of lay in the basis for that before I could even really get to the tech. Right. <laughs> that was like a whole different, uh, project. Um, some of the stops also were working with the wrong developers, uh, working with the wrong designers. Um, you know, these are all things you learn along the way. And when you take a bump, you lay down for a little bit uh, and then you step back up, you brush yourself off and you, and you work harder. Um, a friend of a friend uh, knows Paralect and works with Paralect. Um, after I got to a really tough spot with like, I had worked for probably four or five months and was supposed to be launching and going to market um, with a, another developer who it just didn't work out. Um, I finally, they had, this is funny because it's almost embarrassing. This person had introduced me to Dimitri uh, from Paralect like right around the time that I started with this other developer. So I ended up having to go back to Dimitri and say, hey man, remember uh remember me how can you guys can can you guys do this um um uh, and very nicely without really anything on the table um your team said hey send me everything you have let's take a look at it and we can uh we can uh i'm sure we can take you to market but let me see what you have um and ultimately your team um within about a three-month time frame rebuilt everything from scratch and was able to launch us and get us in the market two weeks ago. Um, I am pretty much overjoyed and unbelievably excited to see what we do over the next year or two. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it, it's always good when it's <laughs> the product does what it says on the label, right? <laughs> on our website, it's our, our header now is we fix your broken tech or this something like that. This is very like true. Uh, but I'm sorry you had to have broken tech to begin with, but I'm glad that uh, we were able to, to collaborate and, and push you towards launch and, and get it, make it happen. Absolutely. Um, and I have to say, I do want to add this. I, it feels like a very team atmosphere. Like your, your team came in and feels like they're the turn wheel team. You know, it's not like, oh, it's not a lot of no's or we can't do that. I mean, it's very much like, all right, let's sprint to that next, you know, move together. Um, and even with within that, the product manager that I'm working with, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy, Alex, he 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 likes what we're doing, understands it and is definitely like, how about if we push it this way? There's a lot of different like it's very much collaborative and less like direction, 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 which I absolutely love. Awesome. Awesome. And I guess uh, this is a little bit off script, but having a team like that. Uh, 
I would assume it can allow you to focus on other parts of the business that you need to focus on, right? Absolutely. So um, in that time, w what have you been focused on in preparing for the launch? Uh, fundraising, obviously, mm -hmm. more fundraising uh, and been able to raise funds successfully just because I have awesome. the time and can put the actual uh, time into it, which has been amazing. Um, also hiring, <laughs> uh, just brought on a COO, which I'm super excited about. He's kind of an everything, uh, person who came from the world of tech, um, but is, you know, in love with music. So that's been amazing, um, to try to help alleviate some of the day to day. Um, and, uh, also really focus on how we're going to go. Like we had a pretty good strategy and plan, uh, for go to market, right? Um, someone from the music industry came on as an advisor and helped us put together like what our strategy go to market is. Um, but to be able to be more nimble and think about it piece by piece and to actually start to affect some of those things. Um, so a lot of on the ground marketing, uh, a lot of me moving around and, and shaking some old hands and <laughs> taking people out to dinner and, <laughs> and getting people on. But um, being able to focus on that and less on the actual build uh, has been absolutely wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great to see. And I also saw when you uh, made that short video uh, announcing the launch a, mm -hmm. a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks yep. ago, yep. Um, on your Instagram, I found uh, you just had a, an outpouring of support that was, uh, that was really strong and it seemed all really genuine and help, uh, heartfelt. Uh, so how has the community re received the idea and... Uh, yeah, how's it been so far? Yeah, so I've been uh, pretty quiet about it uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, I'm from the music industry, so <laughs> I'm trying, you know, I had to, I needed to protect the tech at the end of the day, but um, I I'm like floored kind of by how much amazing response I've had from both people I've worked with in the music industry along the way to people who aren't even in the music industry that are just so excited about it. Um, once again, like when you start to do something like this, you, and you really are starting to get far down the path and with the money spent, the time spent, all the effort, you're like, it's just like throwing a show, right? You're like, are people going to come? <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It's the same kind of anxiety um, that I would have uh, when we threw these big, huge things. Are people going to come? Are they going to show up? You know, um, so to see that, you know, your idea is even though you validated it multiple times with multiple partners, but to see that people in the public um, are also validating the idea um, is unbelievable, really, and really exciting. And it really feels like, you, you know, you have to slow yourself down because you're like, all right, next feature, next feature, next feature. You know, <laughs> you have to slow down and do do things meaning in a meaningful way. Yeah, right on. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about just this whole music industry and tech a, a little bit now. Um, I've only been to a few shows after the, the COVID thing sort of died mm -hmm. down. Um, how's the industry bouncing back and what's it look like in terms of, you mentioned already that, that live shows are where the artists and the, the tours are making their money, mm -hmm. but what other trends are you seeing? Yeah. So, uh, I, streaming really picked up obviously during during the uh, pandemic um overall um so those streaming companies are doing pretty big numbers right now um as far as live shows go 
um, they've been slow, right? They've been slow to come back. What I, what I've noticed, um, from traveling around and being around and talking to friends and like really understanding what their, what their gate numbers are and looking at some of the numbers are, if you're a very large artist with a very large following, I'm talking, you know, Kendrick Lamar level, some of those larger artists like that, you aren't really having much of an issue returning because people want, they've been wanting that so bad. Your medium artists, uh, a lot of them, um, they're not, I, the, the people showing, you know, if they could have packed out a 600 or 700 cap room prior, they're probably paying for 300, playing for 350 people or so, right, right now. And the reason for that is, in my estimation, a couple of things. I think the economy has a lot to do with it right now, especially in the United States. Um, I think the economy has a lot to do with it. Festivals seem to be doing just about okay. Um, but at the same time, uh, people are really picking and choosing. I think that prior to this, people would go to shows every day, you know, they just show up to a show. It was totally fine. I think people are really picking and choosing what they want to go see, um, and are really particular about it. So it's slow to come back, but I do expect it to come back fully. Um, live music has been and live, live art in general has been a part of what we do for our entire span of our history. So I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to go virtual. I know there was some try for that. I just don't know if that's, you know, people like to experience the the concert live and then watch it again. I don't know if they want to, you know, watch it for the first time. Um, there's just something magic about live shows. It's absolutely magical. Um, so yeah, it's been very slow to come back, but I do expect it to come back fully. I would say in the next two years or so, um, I've, I've been watching, um, there's an artist who I really recently went out with to go check out who's using the product as a beta user. And I saw him selling out things that he wouldn't have sold out last year. So, um, it's exciting to see it come back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess. In terms of uh, technology and sort of products for for music and for tours and events like this, I guess there was a there was a lot of hype around blockchain a couple of years ago mm -hmm. using blockchain for ticketing, and mm -hmm. I haven't really seen any of those <laughs> ideas come come to fruition. I don't know if that's just because Ticketmaster has like the lock on yeah, tickets. Unfortunately, <laughs> they've got an insane lock on tickets. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. But anyway, my question here is uh, what what other areas, I guess, can be improved with uh, technology aside from the what you're working on with Turnwheel in terms of yeah. tour management? Well, I got a plug um, further down the road will be Turnwheel merch, um, <laughs> being able to provide a new solution for or, you know, a more streamlined solution for uh, merch providers and uh, people who need, you know, who sell merch on tour. Um, that's a piece of tech that I'm really excited to bring to the market. Um, outside of that, um, you know, there, there's other tech companies that I think could do better, uh, but there's stuff that's in the market, like your song kick and your things like that, that are more cut, cut, you know, technical customer concert goer facing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the outside of those tech pieces, there's the business side and there's the customer side. I'm trying to think of what I can think of for customer side. I mean, digital ticketing is here uh, and it's pretty well done. Customer tracking is really, really well done through digital ticketing. 
all of those types of things are kind of in place. Um, all right. You mentioned going on tour with your, uh, one of your beta users and seeing how they were using it. And also you, you mentioned the sort of um, the, the, the musician size, like mm -hmm. how big their shows are. So mm -hmm. I guess uh, who, what level are you trying to get onboarded to, to turn wheel first? Are you trying to get one or two really big artists on, on board? Or are you trying to like get a large swath of smaller artists to, to join up? Yeah. So like I wanted to be real on purpose about building this for everybody, for every sized artist. Um, the initial build that we're doing is, is really more of a scaled down. Like it's, or like it can be used by someone who has 200 people on tour, or it can be scaled down all the way to, I just got booked my first few shows and I'm just heading on the road. One of the big things or the big issues I've worked with a lot of newer artists, even at the label, I worked with new artists. I worked with legacy artists and older artists as well, but I worked with new artists and a lot of new artists don't know how to do business. And so we built them also a tool. You can sign up as a solo artist. We built them a tool, which basically shows them this is how you do it. This is how these things work. So instead of trying to fumble through it and figure out their own process, we basically built a process for them that makes life much easier. And then all the way up to we can do custom work for like enterprise customers. So your question is, are we going after a specific no when it comes to that we're going uh, when it comes to artist size we're going we're all artists are, are welcome to join um for the larger artists we do we can work custom solutions for them obviously but yes there's there there'll be some you'll see some enterprise large users on the on this on very soon one of our board members is uh uh tenji balagun who is the uh chairman and ceo of def jam recordings um so he's a very very good asset for us when it comes to that for sure. Yeah, that's a huge, uh, huge contact to have. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> All right. And I, you did mention the custom option and also uh, simpler versions or, yeah, simpler versions for solo yeah. and smaller artists. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my questions in terms of onboarding. I know it's kind of in a soft launch phase right now, but yep. eventually... Uh, how do you see onboarding happening for artists uh, onto Turnwheel? Is it just going to be sign up and go? Or are you going to have to do demos for uh, the teams? What do you think? I think it's going to be all of the above. Um, believe it or not, Parallect is actually working on a, uh, they gave me the name for it and then I forgot it. It's like a, not a tutorial, but a, a, a guide of some sort for when you sign up, here's what you do first. Those kind of things that's kind of self-service. Um, I think there's some people that will hop on that have been doing this long enough, being being a manager or being a tour manager, are going to be like, they'll know exactly what to do. And then uh, we'll be available. We have a team available to demo um, when necessary. So you have that option um, to go through a demo to help people uh, get set up and understand how to use the tool. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, last couple of questions here. Absolutely. What, yeah. What uh, what does success look like? for you in the next sort of six to eight months in terms of turn wheel? Yes, uh, next six to eight months. Um, dang, how do I say this? There's a specific additional property, a FinTech property that we have um, planned um, that we had to hold off from this release that will come out in the next six months. 
Um, once we get that out there into the market, that's massive success to me. <laughs> and that feels like, okay, now we can start working on Turnwell merch. Um, I won't be specific about it just because, you know, it's a kind of an internal trade secret at the current moment. Um, but yeah, uh, there's one particular feature. Um, and then, um, you know, I have an idea of the user account that I need to have at the end of this year to feel confident and feel very successful. Um, but really um, building this company is, is, you know, we're doing some light building on the people internally in the company, but we're really just trying to, get, it's the customer experience at the end of the day. Um, one of my big mentors, uh, who owns a building company, he says that he owns a hospitality company that builds things. And I truly believe in that. Um, it's the same for us. Uh, we have a hospitality company, um, that gives you a tool to be able to run your business better. Um, and so ultimately that's, that feels like success to me. Uh, if, if, if all of the people that need to use the product are using it and it's working for them, um, in the way that they need it to work and we're saving people tons of money and tons of time, that's success. Awesome. Well, sounds like amazing things are out there in the future for you and the team and, and for the product. It's exciting. Um, Very exciting. All right, let's wrap up with uh, with some of your advice, I guess. If there are founders out there listening to the show and they have this idea in their head like you had with Turnwheel, maybe they have their spreadsheet with feature ideas on it, um, what would you say to them to sort of push them towards the next step or any words of advice you can share? Yeah, uh, I think the biggest the biggest piece of advice I could give, and it's going to be a couple of different things, but we're going to wrap it all into one. Um, trust your gut. Never stop. Never stop. I mean, you, <laughs> the, you are, you are doing something probably that's never been done before. And no one, a lot of people aren't going to understand it. And a lot of people are going to tell you it's worth, it's a waste of time. Um, trust your gut and keep pushing. You're going to hear no a lot. You got to have that fighting spirit. Uh, you have to push it through. Um, number two is you need you always have people around you who are smarter than you. <laughs> Do not ever be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Make sure people and that mean and that could mean in any way, right? That people are smart in different ways, but and really lean on those people um, to check you because it's important to like not go too far off on a tangent. Really have those people tell you. I'm not telling you it's stupid because I don't understand it. I'm telling you it's stupid because it's actually stupid. <laughs> so there's a mixture of listening to those people and also trusting your gut. It's like that's the the minefield that you have to walk through every day. Um, and you're going to fall. You're going to make some mistakes. Um, that's not the end of the world. Um, you can always work your way out of any mistake that you make. Um, so, yeah, keep just don't stop. Keep running until you can't run anymore. You know, that's that's my main thing. Awesome. Well, I love running. Uh, so that makes sense to me. I know. But, I, know. Uh, <laughs> I actually checked out your uh, I checked out your um, your Instagram. I was like, oh, this guy loves to run. I'm with it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashanti. Uh, is there anything else about Turnwheel that we haven't talked about or about the music world that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, no, just go see more shows. Um, people are working super hard to put these things on for you. Um, have a good time. Give some of the artists a break, a break if they're not feeling great that night. <laughs> You'll catch them again. Um, 
it's it's fun to see how much more access that people have to artists. I you know I think artists really pushed against that at one point, but now it's so much a part of how they continue their ecosystem and and continue to build their fan base. Um, so yeah, support your artists, the ones you love. Buy a ticket, buy some merchandise, stream their music, all of the above. Um, it all goes a super long way, and uh, it helps them to have to be able to use Tarnwell, so that works out for us too. <laughs> Yeah, right on. Well, that's great advice. And and like I said, I haven't been to a, a show in a while, uh, mostly because I have a, a young baby at the moment and another one well, on the way. So. Babies have earmuffs, just so yeah. you're aware, and babies can yeah. go to shows. So. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking that advice home with me. I'll talk with my wife about it. I've seen plenty of uh oh, I've seen so many and even the people that work behind the scenes, a lot of times our kids are there and they've got on their like they've got on their earmuffs and they're running around backstage playing with each other. Um yeah, there's nothing wrong with kids growing up around music. I promise you it'll be good for them in the long run. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, Ashanti, this has been awesome. Um Thank you so much for your time and best of luck with the next steps and with yeah. the early customers with Turnwheel. Yeah. And uh, have a great weekend. Awesome. John, I just wanted to say thank you too. I really appreciate you reaching out and giving uh, an opportunity and giving me a platform to talk more about Turnwheel um, and being so into it and into the music. It's really, really cool um, to, to hang out and talk with someone who's like minded. So I appreciate you having me on the show. You're so welcome, man. And it's happened really quick. I wrote to you like a couple of days ago. It's most of my interviews, it's like a process to, to, to find the time. But it's been really good to talk with you, man. All right. Good to talk to you, too.